Are you new to the world of comics? Fuck you, poser. Have you always loved comics and just can't get enough? It just blows my mind, man. Or do you fall somewhere in between? I was just high and hungry. Wherever you fall on the spectrum, we've got something for you. Let it rip. Wrecking to the children and laugh at their parents, and then we'll get on the. <laughs> oh man, I'm toasted. Come on, let's go while I'm feeling it. This is the I Don't Know Shit About Comics podcast. I'm fucking broke, dude. I don't even know where to get that. Learn with us. You are so hideous that I'm no longer attracted to your girlfriend. What in the world's going on? Teach us. Sometimes you just gotta let it hit, man. Or just show up for the party. We have some guns down here, baby. Yeah! Ooh, cat ass. This is the I Don't Know Shit About Comics podcast. All right, welcome to the I Don't Know Shit About Comics podcast, the podcast about comics hosted by formerly two people, but now one person who doesn't know shit about them. I'm Brian, and I've got three lovely gentlemen with me tonight. I have Brandon from Apollo City Podcast, Josh Jones from Epic Nerd Time, and Mark Bernal, our fearless leader from Lesser Known Comics. How are you guys doing tonight? Start with you, Brandon. So hyped. Good to see you guys. I'm excited to all hang out. It's been a minute. And Josh, good to meet you. Pretty hyped to meet you a little bit more, besides, you know, creeping on each other's stories on Instagram, so... <laughs> The last time I saw Brandon, we were in another dimension. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, just, uh, just don't imp- just don't implicate me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark was not there, nor the host of that event. Yeah, that was a magical, magical time. Definitely eye-opening spiritual experience that uh, I haven't done in quite a while. But glad I had you by my side. Oh. I'm always glad to have you by my side. <laughs> Josh, what's going on with you? What's new? Either it's work or it's babies or it's music, trying to develop a comic, hint, hint, wink, wink, nod, nod kind of thing. <laughs> uh, one pan leg at a time, man, for sure. Nice. I'm a big fan of your beard. I think this is the first time we've actually met, yes. sort of met, but wow, you're eclipsing me. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I got to thank all the products, you know, that sponsor my other show, you know, Mean Beard and Green Beard. Quick shout out there. There you Ooh, go. I'm going to have to try some plugs. Stuff. That's, my, that's my flex for the evening. You guys come in flexing with the smoke <laughs> and the Belgian beer and stuff. I got to flex in other ways. It oh, looks man. like you used to play in Protest the Hero, like back in the day when they had those crazy <laughs> beards. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you, do you know that band, Josh? Might I don't be. think I've ever heard of them. We're going to have to make you a, an underground metal like yeah, shred list. Yeah. That'd there's, be great. Some, there's, some, there's some gnarly stuff out there. Yeah. Um, Protest the Hero is. Definitely one of my favorites. Yes. I'm going to Norway and Brian said the amount of metal band t-shirts that I'm going to see is just going to like blow my mind. Well, not just t-shirts, but just the number of metal heads. When I was there, I was blown away. It was like one in four people were wearing a Children of Bodom shirt. Yes. They all yeah. had long <laughs> hair and long beards. They all looked like they were straight out of Unearth. Like it was, uh, <laughs> it go. was wild. I was blown away. That is too cool. Um, yeah. quick rant. The one time I saw pro- one of the first times I saw Protest the Hero was at Warp Tour way back in the day. And it was the middle of the day in the desert because I lived in El Paso, Texas. They had it in Las Cruces. And um, in the middle of their set, just blasting away. And if you guys know protest, that stuff doesn't stop or anything. And the drummer just all of a sudden turns to the side midway playing and then just starts puking, doesn't ever stop playing. <laughs> 
and just pukes his brains out and then continues and then one more time pukes and then just continues the set as if nothing happened and you're just that is the rally gene at its best (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah i hear about that like drummers they like will throw up yeah those guys just partied hard like i know it yeah this is way too hard (laughs) yeah i mean there was one time in the army when i realized i was getting old i was in florida there was like a bunch of like younger soldiers there they're like challenging me like hey sergeant you know they were doing the physical fitness stuff and they're like get on the sprint line see how fast you are right and like i'm not gonna let like some punk kid like beat me so i just totally just and i was like yeah no problem and then, and then i like turned the corner to like around this bush i was just like and <gasps> just like totally, <laughs> totally wipe my face off all coyly like nothing happened to get like back out there but i was just like oh i guess your body or your muscles can be like oh yeah you can still do this but then like your stomach is like no yeah <laughs> yeah it happened to me on my first job ever i got a job at a hotel had no idea what i was applying for and they hired me as a lifeguard horrible decision i was like 16 got hired and then they trained you to be a lifeguard and you have to swim 12 laps and then pick up a brick from the bottom of the pool and then bring it back up and lifeguard stuff you know you got to save people and at the end of the day i was like you know when you work out 16 years old never worked out a day in my life just like skinny little mohawk dude and I was like sitting there, you know, like when you work out, you like want to throw up. She's like, yeah, it happens sometimes out of water. You know, you'll be good. And I was like, yeah. And then I puked everywhere all over the pool at that hotel. And it was like a Wyndham. It was like really fancy. And then I was just like puke boy for like six months. That's so rock star. That's so rock star. (laughs) I earned the, the moniker once of private pavement. One of my ex's friends was like, oh, there's Mark screaming at the pavement, private pavement over there. That's what they called throwing up like on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I sound like a velociraptor when I throw up. I'm like really intense. Like I hurt my back one time just because I was straining so hard and like my leg was stretched out. Like I'm noisy. You'll know I'm not a quiet guy. It literally yeah. rockets out. Oh man, in high school, our buddy Ben the Jew, he <laughs> puked so hard that both of his he got two black eyes he blew all the capillaries around his eyes or whatever those are and he had two black eyes from puking so much oh wow that's intense that's a lot wow, of was... g-force <laughs> yeah good lord yeah yeah he wasn't messing around mark we talked a little bit about launch toberfest a little series of podcasts that we're going to start doing because we're trying to get the i don't know shit about comics podcast back up and running my former lovely co-host of that she's she's too busy for us at this point so it's just going to be me and whoever's willing to join me so mark yeah. where did launch toberfest come from what's going on with it i was getting ready to launch my book either them or us on october 18th and when I was talking to other folks in the indie comic community, like everyone's got a book launching in October. We have a couple of buddies who launched in September, but they are still in their launch window on Kickstarter. And I think it has to do with, it's not a great idea to launch during like Thanksgiving, Christmas season, or like have a campaign that like needs to fulfill during the holidays. So I think like everybody's trying to get their like last comic book in, you know, or launch before the end of the year. But a lot of good people that Josh know and that Brandon knows, Josh has some stuff scheduled. So I figured, man, let's just do like Launchtoberfest and like, let's just get good people that like we also know that have rad shows out there. The other weekend, me, you and Brandon were like hanging out and partying pretty hard. This just sealed the deal for me. And I was like, all right, 
Okay. We got we to spread this love and make I don't know shit about comics bigger than just, uh, you know, me and Brian hanging out smelling each other's farts. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got two veteran podcasters here. We're always trying to learn on this show. So, Josh, let me ask you first, what's a typical episode of Epic Nerd Time entail? Do you guys have segments? Where does it start? Where does it oh, end? Man. Epic Nerd Time, it's kind of like... A sister show to my other show, Guitar Parts Podcast. It's basically like a Saturday Night Live show. We work up to a main event. You know, like a little introduction here. You know, a little dirty laundry. What's up, clean up. Um, we have a hero of the month. We talk about uh, different superpowers. Like Perry, uh, uh, or one of our co-hosts, has Perry's weapon stash. And he'll talk about certain weapon from like a comic book character that's interesting or something like that. And we'll go off into a 15-minute segment about that. And we'll work into a main event, like a wrestling show or Saturday Night Live. So like the main event might be a snippet of an interview. Or we might break down the first four TMNT figures from 1988. Um, first show, we broke down the 91 Toy Biz X-Men toys. So... You know, it, it, it builds, it, it just ebbs and flows, grows and builds. It's a monthly show, so I try to stack some interviews as well in between there. So, obviously, a good premise because I'm already interested. What's what's the craziest weapon that you guys have broken down and learned about? Oh, man. To be honest with you, this isn't the craziest deal, but this one blew my mind. Wolverine's adamantium claws has a silicone gasket in his hand. So it prevents sepsis, you know, cause like if you got blood and you, and you stab somebody and you shrink them back in your hand, you don't want that blood, somebody else's blood. Like it says it on like the 91 X-Men card that literally he has gaskets in his hands. Wow. And it blew my oh, mind. I know that's not crazy weapon, but that was a, uh, it was a mind blowing deal. Can Wolverine get sepsis? That's what the gaskets are for. But, that's but the, I mean, like he's got the healing ability. Yeah. So, like, if anyone is going to survive sepsis. Yeah, I get it. But then it, again, maybe they didn't know it when they installed the gaskets. You know? like, yeah. Like I, said, I read it on the back of the card that comes with the toys and stuff, and I was just like, hmm, that's kind of mind-blowing. So, I'm wondering, though, what if Wolverine contracted HIV? Would that take down his immune system and take away his healing powers is AIDS the kryptonite to Wolverine. I think ex-girlfriends no. is like the kryptonite <laughs> to Wolverine, right? Yeah, why haven't they experimented to like give him like diseases and then see what his blood like how it heals it and like, you know, changes it and then use that for science. I don't know. But there's so many things and <laughs> they could be doing better for the universe. I guess maybe that's what Krakoa or whatever it's called is for. I don't know. There's a whole thing with Jonathan Hickman stuff right now. That was the whole in the TV show with Apocalypse and the Technovirus, and he gets oh, like, that's right. And then like Wolverine's antibodies is what saves it. Yeah, really, use that so for other off, diseases. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they should do. They know they can do it. So we can go back to not wearing a condom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can be a real hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, save us all some grief, you know. Brandon, give me the rundown of the Apollo City podcast. 
Uh, Palo City Comics is this really, <laughs> it's kind of blown up in a different direction to anything and everything comic book podcast. And I know that entails a lot, really, because we started off just doing comic book reviews, not reviews, really. We'd go through books and analyze them because Brandon and I are both writers and we wanted to continue studying the craft after we finished college. So we wanted to study, you know, the writing, the structure, panel layouts, just study comics, you know, and also have fun as if we're all hanging out in a room and just like enjoying a book. It's like a book club with your friends and you're all checking out Silver Surfer Black and being like, Donnie Cates the shit and Trad Moore is just fucking insane. Look at this panel. But also like looking at the pacing and looking at the story structure, looking at the writing um, and how it, you know, and we don't do like what's really trending any it's rare that we do. Like we kind of just do stuff that we really enjoy. Like we did a Paul Pope book one of our lowest episodes just because like nobody really knows about Paul Pope, but we cover stuff like that just because it's fun for us and it keeps us growing. And we'll do like movie commentaries, Batman, the animated series commentaries. Um, and a big focus of ours as well is uh, getting indie creators on the show because us as, you know, aspiring writers and creators, we want to help people get out there because, you know, if we had that platform and we had that opportunity, we would, fucking jump at it you know so we want to help indie creators get out there that's how we met lesser known comics and came across all these people they're one of our first batch of interviews last summer plus it saves us the grief from reading <laughs> and doing all the camera work and all that's so great it's just this crazy little beast and you know our instagram i run it so it's like my only instagram so you get like a real feel for who we are we're not comic book nerds who know it all we don't we go stuff on the show all the time and we're not ashamed to say we don't know but we're the everyday comic book reader that's just trying to have fun and enjoy this stuff take the pressure off that's the whole thing about it i feel like comics had so much pressure and you had to like know so much at a certain point and then people were kind of being rude and mean and you see it all over the internet and so we're just kind of like the guys that are just like, just come hang out with us, read some comics. Have you checked this one out? Because we want to show it to you. And it's typically not what you've read. We don't do a lot of Batman. You know what I mean? We did like two Batman episodes. Yeah, we were kind of talking about that. By the way, great follow on Instagram. Brandon and I were talking about this the other day when we were traveling to different dimensions. Apollo City Podcast, it's a great follow on Instagram because... I'm not wildly into comics, obviously, by my knowledge of them or lack thereof, but I follow it and I check out the stories all the time because he's always posting stuff about punk bands and new metal band that he's found. A lot of stories, I find myself setting my phone down after I click on them and just doing something else because it loses my interest. Never, never with Apollo. I'll tell you Thanks, that. man. That's cool. Yeah, I just tried to share, you know, if I think it's funny and I think everyone else will think it's funny, I'll post it up. Sure, I've had, I've offended a few people every so while, but that's kind of the fun of it. But, you know, you'll see my animals on there all the time and hear some music or whatever I'm digging at the moment. I'm really into the Mars Volta's new album, so I've been posting that like crazy. And I want to make it immersive. And also, you got to beat that algorithm somehow. It's a bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I got to go down a rabbit hole really quick as a fellow writer, Brandon, uh, and to bring up something like Josh sent me. And it's funny that you guys do like a weapon of the month thing because you sent me the thing with the ray gun and it always blows my mind as a writer to see other people's processes because Gabe from Digitalist of Doom about a year ago, he was talking about Gotham City being a character in of its own. The amount of rich detail in that and you send me that weapon and you had all the specs and this part's collapsible and this part's this and here's the utility loop. And I felt so lazy as a writer myself because Franco and me, we were working on samurai books and they got katanas, which anybody knows anything about martial arts. A sword is very personal to people. And I was like, eh, just fucking give him a sword. It's a sword, right? It's got a stabby end and like a not so 
study. And, you know, that's how I felt I was writing in comparison to seeing the level of detail you put into the ray gun. I was just so blown away by that. I, I will admit that is that was a has been a big discussion between Doug and myself trying to get that correct. And a lot of that is Doug laying that out. When Doug gets a little bit of money, he does some work and he does great work. Yeah, Doug is, Doug awesome. is a workhorse. And uh, I'll say this, he, he little little spot, he's been talking to people in the Canadian Special Forces to make sure that the stuff is legit. Like, oh, is, this, is, this, is this here? Does this work? Because we've got some things coming down the line. So yes, it's very Special Forces inspired. I love that. I can't wait to check out your stuff, dude. I know we just like discovered each other like, you know, a day ago and whatnot, but that sounds so much fun. I wish Apollo could put that much work into her podcast. Like I really admire that. <laughs> I really do. I got to ask because you're, you know, you are from Arkansas. Are you a gun hobbyist? Are you a gun nut? <laughs> I'm not a gun nut, but yes, I have some, we have some guns down here, baby. <laughs> Okay, yes. well, you know, when you come up to West Virginia, we got a farm in West Virginia. We'll go shoot some stuff. The first weekend I spent with my in-laws, we did the clay pigeons out on the farm. And, dude, everyone should experience that. That is just so much fun. And it works for you too, Brandon, because you're a goddamn hippie and you can't kill living <laughs> things. That's a whole different story that we still got to beef to squash yeah, we still on. Got, we got private discussions going on right now. I got to get Josh and Brian your opinion on this. We're at the convention all weekend, me and Brandon, and he's like, hey, you know, I picked the place we're going to eat. It's awesome. Here's the link. Here's the menu. I look at the menu, right? And it's like, oh, it's got things like Philly cheesesteak on it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm, yummy, yummy. And we get there and the Philly cheesesteak has neither cheese nor steak in it. It was such a bait and switch. I found the most convenient place for me to eat. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> That's what I look for. I mean, I know you pretty well, but I don't know you well enough to be like, what the fuck did you just bring me to? <laughs> Dude, I, you just sometimes you just got to let it hit, man. Yeah. You just get yeah. it in there and just let it hit. Was it any good, though? I ate it all. I was just high and hungry. And I didn't even give Mark a chance, really. I was like snacking on it in the car. And then the next day when we were driving back, I didn't even offer any. I just kind of ate it all. Yeah, it's times it really like good that, though. Times like that, I wish I could smoke weed because I probably would have enjoyed it. Yeah, probably. So, like with a Philly cheesesteak, though, for lack of a better word, the meat of that sandwich is steak. So, when it's vegan, what is that made out of? It's a uh, seitan, and seitan's like I don't even know what really seitan is. Google seitan. Satan, yeah. I talk to him every night in my prayers. <laughs> yeah, straight up. It's straight up. That's exactly how it sounds. But it's like a really cool meat substitute and it's really just protein rich. S E I T A N. I always misspelled it. But yeah, check that out. The cheese is like made out of like cashews and some oat milk. Mark, you ordered a salad at a vegan Dude. place. That was so lame. I don't even eat salads as a vegan. They keep the pipes running, man. <laughs> Not as young as I used to be. <laughs> How long have you guys been doing your podcast, Josh? When did you guys start Epic Nerd Time? Well, actually, Epic Nerd Time is born out of the Guitar Pirates podcast PirateCon that we do for we did for Lesser Known Comics last year, and we'll probably do again this year, second annual. But it was born out of that, and a few of my friends that just like toys. Like we're just getting into like collecting old vintage toys. And then the comic thing that just fell right into it. And it was like Lego pieces that just worked. I asked Mark if he wanted to sponsor the show. And before we even had an episode out, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Probably drinking his Belgian beer flexing. <laughs> but yeah, it was born out of that. And Epic Nerd Time, we have 
four or five shows. But Guitar Pirates Podcast, we just hit our 77th weekly show. We've put out a show every week for 77 weeks. So Epic Nerd Time is the sister show, and it doesn't do as much, of course. Perry and Canton, the co-host, Perry is a UPS driver, and Canton is a water biologist. So basically, those dudes are busy. And I'm a commercial cleaner who cleans at night, so I just do my thing. Oh, I got a question for you then. Do you clean restaurants? No, right now I primarily clean healthcare facilities like chemotherapy okay. places, family practice clinics, infectious disease clinics. I had a buddy who did a commercial cleaning like overnight and he was working for a company that mainly did restaurants. And he told me that the only chinese food place he would ever eat at after that job was panda express because by far the chinese food restaurants in the back in the kitchen were just like rats flying out of the grease traps like all this crazy stuff on one hand i'm kind of with him like yeah it's gross but on the other hand i feel like that might be what makes it so good. There's where know? the flavor is. Yeah. <laughs> I worked well, that's at a Chinese a restaurant once and I was just a punk skater and they would just sit over there and they'd laugh at me and they'd, and I'm going to sound so bad that you, yeah, baba cha, ha, 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 Josh, ha, 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 ha. And it fucking pissed me off. And at the end of the night, I just walked out. It was one day, but man, it really sucked. That was a long <laughs> day. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, how long have you guys been doing Apollo? Halloween is our four-year anniversary of Apollo, which is pretty wild. Wild that it's hit four years in general. Um, we're hitting like, what, 125 episodes. At one point, when it started, I had a different co-host. We moved in different directions. I met up with Brandon because we'd been, we'd met at San Diego Comic-Con in 2019, randomly standing in line for Todd McFarlane's signature for three hours and realized that we both like had Star Wars tattoos and were really into Blink-182 and also played bass. So we just kind of became friends over time a bit more. We just realized we were just like each other, but just in different cities. So Brandon's been on the show for almost two and a half years, three years, but four years running. It was by weekly and then it went to weekly with me and Brandon during COVID and we we're just blasting stuff out and this year has been a little weird life gets busy as you know like with I don't know shit and I'm sure Josh knows maintaining a podcast is hard and especially when you try to do weekly episodes it's a bitch um, but we, we we're pretty consistent no matter what we always have episodes coming out uh, sometimes we just, if you keep up with our Instagram, we'll keep you entertained there. It's been a great run. It's a challenge and we have like a really nice audience. You know, it's one of those things like you're always surprised about like who listens to it and you're always kind of grateful for anyone who checks out your show. So, um, that's why we just keep doing it. Plus, you know, it keeps us reading and it keeps us meeting cool people like you guys. And it's just kind of just turned into a habit at this point. I don't really see Apollo ever stopping for whatever reason you know slowing down maybe but maybe i don't think it's been so much fun you know it's kind of become a big part of my personality too brian you know he's at sirius xm and any show he produces there it's all about listenership or whatever yeah. right so those metrics are really important but to me what i found that's been super valuable for i don't know shit about comics or whatever podcasts work with is one it gets you time to promote what you're working on and what you do but at the same time dave law me and him are making a comic book together and that that shit would never have happened if it wasn't for brian and him talking about growing up in the same area of california together josh is working on the comic with doug and that was just by virtue of him doing the interview. And then you have the anthology going now too. And I think podcasts are for more than promotion. Promotion is like 20% of it. The other 80% of it, it's sussing out like who are good people 
like, oh, I enjoy working with this person. Let me find more opportunities to work yeah. with people. That's the whole point, especially for me in Apollo. Like when I started Apollo, I was just trying to find another way into the comic book industry. Um, I had been doing comic book journalism for a while. I was writing for websites. Um, I was doing stuff for like comics first. They were a big New York website for a while. And they sent me to like New York Comic Con to interview like celebrities. Like I've talked to like William Shatner and Elijah Wood and everyone from Batman the Animated Series. And that was like my way to meet comic book artists and people and see the industry and try to get into it. And then that website fell apart. And then I moved on to different ones and it just didn't have the same vibe. So I was like, well, maybe I can do something like this myself. And I just picked up a mic and just started doing a podcast hoping to be like all right if i focus it on comics and i do this and this and this this can lead me to people and i could you know somehow break into the industry and that could be my way into making comics because listening to other interviews of creators and all that nobody has the same story of getting into comic books and comic book creation so i was like well it doesn't matter how i just got to find a way and dig until i do it and actually fucking four years later it's happening so headway there you know <laughs> it took some time but it's so worth it that was always the intentional goal the main goal was always just find a way to make comics so i got a question for you guys i don't know if you guys use a hosting site for your podcasts but the one we use we can see what region of the world the listeners are listening from is there a region of the world that you're surprised is giving your podcasts a lot of listens because when we started i don't know shit about comics we were huge in India. <laughs> nice. We were getting little bites here and there from the United States, North America, South America. India was at least 80% of our listens. You, you know, it's because they're into dildos and toe picks because that's what we named the first episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Disappointed, sexually frustrated people in India who just like, this is not what I thought this podcast was going to be about. <laughs> Um, I can answer that really fast. Um, not for Epic Nerd Time because we only do it once a month. So it's kind of a YouTube thing. Um, but for the Pirates, um, 6% of that show downloads are from Germany. Hmm. And I know it's only 6%, but for my little show, I'm just like, there's some people in Germany that listen to this? It's cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. That's very cool. We've gotten stuff all over. We do have Germany, Australia, UK. The one that strikes me as surprising right now is that 14% of our listeners are from Hong Kong. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. super interesting. Yeah, I just saw that. I haven't seen those numbers in a bit. But yeah, that's pretty wild. You should start commenting on like the one China policy or something like that. You know, like <laughs> South China Sea, like geopolitics. We're going to break away from our regular comment segment. Talk about maritime policy outside of Taiwan. <laughs> just throwing that bone out there. See, see, see what can happen, you know. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> I get what you did there. <laughs> if you have that many Hong Kong listeners, you should get Peter on that did the tarot cards for us. It's true, huh? He's in Hong hot. Kong. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. maybe that's where he's. It's coming from. Maybe he spread some word or something. <laughs> like maybe. Uh, he's gonna looking to submit for the anthology too. He is such a tremendously interesting person. He's got a PhD in the history and practice of magic throughout all these different cultures in the world. So he could tell you the authentic way in which they practice witchcraft or magic, whether it's South America, East Asia, Africa, wherever. 
And not to get super academic, but same thing with anthropologists. You can read a book on Brazil, but if you've never traveled to Brazil, you could know everything about Brazil. But if you've never been there, what good of you as like an expert on Brazil? And he is really involved in that field of the history of magic and witchcraft. And he's one of those people who are like, look, unless you're actually doing these seances and inducing trances and doing the practices and conducting witchcraft and magic, what do you know about it? You've just read about it. You actually have to do it. And I find that so bananas, you know, but a lot of people still, they only look at it academically. They're like, well, I don't believe in it. It's like, well, you might be surprised that some of this shit has validity when you actually do it. Because Josh, you comment on about him looking in the black mirror until he sees shit. And then yeah, he has to <laughs> hallucinate before he makes these things. Yeah. And it just blows my mind, man. It's very intricate stuff. I feel like that kind of applies to anything. I thought about that when I was like reviewing comics and movies. Or just seeing how people review like entertainment stuff in general without knowing what goes into writing a story or a script or like directing or like they just judge it just to judge it and put their say so just to put their say so but they don't understand the process and the craft behind it so they're missing all these other aspects and they're not paying attention to what's really valuable or really what goes into like creating something um reviewers in general that's a gripe i have launch toberfest what do we all have coming out? Let's start with you, Mark. I have my own book that's coming out on the 18th of October. It's either them or us. It's Franco who did Good Night with us. So this will be like my first full-length comic that I've ever done because I did all these minis that are spread along like the lesser known universe. The cool thing about this book is Franco, who's already done two shorter books with me, he's got this level of comfort where I gave him the book and we were working on it. And he just all of a sudden was like, hey, Mark, I finished the book. I changed the ending. And I was like, you did what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I, I didn't like the ending. I just changed it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know. And then I read it and I was like, yeah, this is fucking great. So I'm really stoked about it. Franco's a great guy. He's tremendously talented. So I'm really, really stoked about that. You know, in addition to that, we have other campaigns that are currently launched. So I guess I can pass it to Josh because he's going to be interviewing David. I've got a few shout outs, actually. David Luhan, Yuriko, the Korean vampire. It's on Kickstarter. And the Kickstarter's already crushed it like you want to stomp a can into the ground. I mean, I mean, it's $1,200 over the goal. Jeez Louise, man. That's this Thursday afternoon. Should be up this weekend. And also the damn price. Bigfoot knows karate. He's a fellow bluesman. And if you don't know, the titles to his books are old blues songs. Oh, cool. Born Under a Bad Sign. That's an old Albert King song. Every time he does something like that, I always send a message. Cue the Albert King licks, bub, because here we go. Because, I mean, that's the dude who he's taking these names from. And I think the next one is Hellhounds on My Trail. That's an old Robert Johnson tune. That's awesome. Uh, I talked to him a lot, and I never knew that. So that's really, that's really fucking rad, man. He wore a muddy water shirt once and I was like, is that muddy water? Like, are you a blues guy? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm in a blues band. Like, it's what I do. <laughs> and he's, and we just went from there. How so his, cool. his Kickstarter starts October 12th. Keep your eyes peeled if you're new to that. Also, I want to shout out one guy that I don't know if you guys know much about, but it's Dismay Comics or Dismay Comics. Yes. 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 Brandon Ingram. Yeah. And he's yeah. coming on the show later this month. I think it's the 17th coming on Epic Nerd Time. He's got that uh, horror anthology of volume one and uh, volume two Dismay Avenue. 
Mm-hmm. He also has Gallows Man. It's like an old golden age story about a guy who hangs people <laughs> and his sidekick's called Noose Boy. If you ever read it, man, Noose Boy is a vibe. His Kickstarter uh, starts, I believe, October 11th. And yes. where can people find these? You can find the video portions of Epic Nerd Time on YouTube and all of the audio you can find on the podcast at Guitar Pirates Podcast because I'm just going to sprinkle those as kind of like a Halloween treat to the Guitar Pirates listeners. Because we already do PyroCon for Lesser Known and I like to have a little bit of a variety in the main events so it's just not like guitar crap all the time. Variety so is so, you know, yeah, so It's cool to throw in some stuff. Later on the Pirates, yes. we've got a world record hatchet thrower coming on later this month. So if you're a world record hatchet thrower, is it distance? Is it accuracy? What does he hold the record for? I believe it's just distance. I think it was like a hundred feet. Oh, wow. Do you have to hit something a hundred feet away or just, yeah, he hit hit a target. He hit a target a hundred feet away. Oh, wow. He was on a TBS talent show called Go Big Show, Joe Axman White. I see people on Instagram posting pictures where they're at a bar with their friends, drinking beers. They have the axe throwing. I mean, that looks awesome, but booze and axe throwing. That's what scares me too, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I look at my fingers and I'm like, man, I like to count to 10. (laughs) (laughs) I've been trying to learn how to letter. There's so many books that get submitted to me where it's amazing work that's just ruined by bad letters. You got the eye for it, dude. You should you should do it, especially as a writer. You know, mm-hmm. if I could do my own letters, like I probably would make make editing a lot cheaper. Something I've always wanted to dip in. And Mark knows that. I always like, when I first met Mark, I was like, I can letter. And he's like, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> and I was like, but I'm trying. I swear to God, I'm trying. <laughs> so you got to explain to me, what, what are the do's and don'ts of lettering? What makes a good letter? What makes a poor oh. letter? I mean, other than the obvious, I write like a five-year-old. So clearly that wouldn't be good. But what makes someone stand out as a good letter? I think even as a reader or as someone who tries to edit their own comics, for one, like balloon size, there's so much white space that could be like overused and just taken up Um, the wrong type of font or if you're not bolding words correctly and like putting emphasis into like the description. It just feels planned typeface the entire issue and nothing's popping, nothing's catching your attention. You don't really know what the captions or who the captions are. There's so many things that can go amiss. The lettering is just so important because it carries the actual narrative. And without having sound effects or anything and being able to actually pop more than you can in regular prose, you need something to really emphasize that type of stuff. So a poor letterer is just going to miss a lot of those marks or like an amateur letterer for sure. Like I would miss a lot of those marks. I want to learn how to letter. I haven't got, I haven't like started the process of learning, but it's like there, I'm going to get to it in like five years. But Josh could probably tell you way more about that. (laughs) Honestly, I've got into it from a kind of like a kid's app on the iPhone at first. And then I stumbled onto the Procreate app for iPad and I asked Doug, I was like, have you heard of this? What's up? And he's like, dude, I do 95% of my stuff on this thing. You're fine. It's good. And I, few YouTube videos later, like in a few hours of holding my toddler or my, you know, newborn in one hand and an iPad in the other, like I made a bubble on a page and I was like, well, holy shit, I can do this. And then I I can't, it's basically just for a beginner like me, I just take some fonts and chop it up and distort it and warp it and let it rip. I mean, cool. I can't draw, save my life. I'll admit that I can't draw and I can't sing. So, (laughs) 
We got to network. You got to give me some like amateur lettering lessons at some point. You come to the show and just teach me some shit. I will uh, send you the link for the Comic Maker Light app. That was the first one that I used. Just kind of got me interested. I'll do like action figure comics and stuff like that. So oh, cool. That's yeah. rad. I'll give you two examples, Brian. Jade Louder. He's new to lesser known comics. So he's got these shorts. It's a horror show. It's an anthology. It's launching number two in, in November. The Whams screams like, ah, you know, like this guy does it all by hand, which if you got good penmanship, it fits in with the actual art. So a lot of people, though, they, they do hand lettering. They'll use digital, which is totally fine. But the problem is that art is done by hand. And if your letters are done digitally, if you don't do something to bridge that gap, it looks out of place. Mm-hmm. And the reader won't even know. It's like a cookie that was baked with like an ingredient missing. You get it and you eat it and you're like, this tastes like shit. And I don't really know why it might be the art. It might be the letters. You know, like, like the average consumer is just like, I just don't like it. It looks unprofessional. And me and Brandon were looking at a comic the other day that will remain nameless that I pleaded, I pleaded and pleaded with part of the creative team to be like, just go to letter squids, get, them to do your word bubbles because you spend so much time working on this comic if you slap some ugly ass letters on it and i knew the letter and i'll leave it anonymous because i don't like to trash people <laughs> but i was like that letter is shit he's a terrible letter <laughs> like don't let him ruin your great art with terrible letters that's a big thing too like when you have art that's just uncomparable to the lettering like bad lettering can go on like okay art you know what i mean and, and very amateur beginning <laughs> stuff you know but when you like especially when you compare it like on a professional level or like a publishing level in that sense if you're anything could bring something down in the comic if you're if your words aren't as strong as your art you're gonna lose someone on that but sometimes your art can save it if the words aren't that great but like if you have bad lettering okay story and killer art like you're you're gonna miss components and it's gonna fall apart because the art can't hold everything up. Like the lettering is a big part of the art aspect, like what Mark was saying. And that can just draw you off completely. Like you have just like three different things. Imagine eating and lasagna without the cheese. Yeah. I was thinking more like a couple where like they're not as good looking as each other. You're just like, hey, look, you are so ugly that you're making your girlfriend look ugly at this point. <laughs> you are so hideous that I'm no longer attracted to your girlfriend. <laughs> and especially now, you know, in modern days, like Todd Klein, like really revolutionized lettering, like with Sandman and whatnot, and what he was doing, you know, at that point. And I feel like if you're going to have a comic like that, your door is so open of what you could do. You know, back then it was all by hand and now it's just like you have procreate. You have limitless like abilities to do it great. Like just work on it more to make it great, especially if you're just trying to balance out that story. Mark, you said it's not bad when people go digital for their lettering, but since the art is all done by hand, sometimes something is lost if there's nothing to bridge that together. What are some ways to bridge the digital lettering with hand drawn artwork? So what Josh has a really good eye for is that he distorts the letters. Like he was talking about that earlier. Like, so, you know, you have like the the default settings of like a certain font, but then you distort it and you distort it in a way that's similar to, because all art is not a perfect representation of like 
you know, taking a, a photo of real life, it distorts certain types of things. And there's certain types of themes that, um, you know, people maybe make their characters taller, or maybe they make things darker, or maybe they use a lot of curves, or maybe they use a lot of sharp lines. So in the way that, you know, and Josh may not know it when he's actually doing it, you know, when he decides to distort the letters to stay similar to those themes of what the artist was doing. It's something that's more of an art than a science. You know, it's just, you either see it and you you jam with it. If I was to go out on a limb, like Josh is probably very good at just jamming out as a musician, right? Like seeing what somebody else is doing and being like, well, this is the thing I have and I'll try and make it fit into what you're doing. Um, and it, it, it's, a, it's a weird part of your brain. Um, it's, I don't. I don't necessarily think can be taught. Yeah, it's kind of like when you play blues licks over pop songs. You know the key; <laughs> it, it works and it feels good. But it's like, what in the world's going on? Just like bad CGI. You should have just used a prop, dude. You <laughs> used a prop; it would have looked so much better. It's like seeing Yoda digital when you're just like, you have Frank Oz guys. Like, just use Frank Oz. Don't go digital with Yoda. It, it's how it talks to you. Certain yeah. bubbles emote. You know whether you're thinking to yourself, whether you're yelling. You know, it's kind of like, it's how it articulates. Mm -hmm. Kind of like good lettering is going to be somebody who can, you know, convey themselves properly, can articulate, can, you know, make you understand and, and give you that visual aspect. And if you're a bad letterer, well, then who wants to fucking read it anyway? You know, because I mean, it's, it, it, it can give or take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine with lettering, if you want more emphasis on a specific word in the sentence, you could make it all caps or what you would do with texting. If you want to add emphasis to something, so you can add some flair, your own personality to it. That bold, italic and italic bold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we have any last minute announcements for the rest of Launchtoberfest? Yeah. Um, you know, Tardigrade Press, they have a Kickstarter that's wrapping up right now. It's T-A-R-D-I grade press. But check them out on Instagram. They have a Kickstarter going on. It's this killer Sasquatch book and the art's insane. And I love seeing stuff like that because what's cool about indie books and I think a lot of people kind of miss out on it too, is that people who are into Marvel and DC, those big two, go in these directions, like help support these people because that'll draw you into a different realm of comics that you probably will enjoy a lot more than the big two. And there's no like crazy structure and it's, it's kind of supporting someone else's art. So if you're just trying to support someone going the Kickstarter route and going, you know, to all these people we hit up and, you know, helping whoever you can out, you know, we all can't pledge to every single one, but whoever you do pledge to that helps out that creator and it's making a difference. So check out their Kickstarter. We'll throw a link in the bottom. Great people. We got to get them on the show. They're also submitting <laughs> to the anthology, which is pretty wild. Apollo City Comics uh, teamed up with lesser known comics and we're going to be putting out a punk rock themed anthology and we opened submissions at the beginning of september it goes on until the end of november uh, november 31st is when submissions close we're looking for pitches or completed work um pitches can have concept art so we know what's going on and when you say pitches with completed work in the sense of like if you're going to make something unique just for this and you're doing other stuff. We want to be able to save people time and also, you know, give you a chance to go through the pitching process as well. So it's kind of like you're kind of being trained at the same time or doing this as a beneficial thing. Um, and that way we could, you know, if we don't move forward with you, you know, we can maybe even give you feedback or something. But 
um, if we do, it gives you time to make the art because it's only one to six pages and you'll have, um, you know, a couple months to do that as well. And we're also taking complete stories and people already have some stuff out. And I mean, if you've been published somewhere else before, cool. If you want to submit it and try to get into this, that's awesome. Like I'm not going to restrict if you have published in the past or if you want to publish in something else, or maybe it's going to segue into something you're doing later on. If it fits into the whole punk thing, that's what we're looking for. And by punk, we mean, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what punk rock is. That's the whole thing about it too, you know, because I hate people who are just fucking growing up and saying that you're not punk rock because you're not wearing the, like the studs and the like patches and everything going on. And you're like, I'm fucking broke, dude. I don't even know where to get that. My dad takes me to like Walmart every, like, I don't know what the fuck. So like in the sense of like punk rock, it was just like, if it's attitude style, um, through your art, through your words, through your expression, like whatever you think, you know, maybe standing out against everything else is, uh, punk rock vibe or you know just punk whatever it means to you and however you can express that in a story so it doesn't even need to be the story doesn't need to be about what it means to you just how you can put it into a story and how it's represented in the story so just send it our way plus we're asking everybody in the submission form what does punk mean to you and that gives me an idea of what how it might correlate to tell everybody what doug knight wrote in there oh i don't remember off the top of my head under what does punk mean to you you wrote Fuck you, poser. I love Doug. Where do people submit if they want to submit to this? If you go to our Instagram page or our Twitter page, um, just shoot me a message. Real easy. And if you don't have a Gmail to log in, you just shoot me a message and then I'll send you the link personally. I've been really communicative with every single creator that has interacted with us. And you know, you'll get the standard message that gives you all some guidelines. And then if you have anything in particular to ask, just ask me. Sometimes it takes me a couple of days to get to it, but I do get to every question and I do make sure I answer as like well as I can. Um, and that's why I kind of wait sometimes too, because I don't want to give anyone a half answer. I want to give them the time that they deserve because they're, you know, acknowledging us. They're following us. They're sharing stuff. And that's the whole point about all this too. Just like with the podcast and bringing indie creators on, like doing this anthology, if I was a creator and someone was like, dude, just send me a one to six page story and we might be able to publish it through a publisher and get it seen and kickstarted and then you know, you'll get a comp and all this stuff like so that's the cool thing jump at it and it's like we can't pay stuff because just like a lot of people like i'm broke and i'm just like you know like i work my day job every single day to get through this is all a passion project for me this is what i do in my off time you know i get off of work and i'm just gonna try to like go through submissions talk to you guys so please shoot me a message if you have any questions if you have any concerns i always try to find the right answer for you to guide you through this why don't you give out your twitter and instagram my twitter is apollo underscore city apollo city comics podcast is an instagram handle so you guys could check that out that's the most active place i am so if you really want to have my attention slip a nude in that dm yeah you know? hey hey actually listen to our submission episode um we actually have a whole episode brand and i did couple of weeks ago where we talk about the anthology and what it's all about and you know really intricate into it um and our only rule was no dick pics I and mean, that's um, how i got your attention it's a different relationship you know? all right. it's gonna be cool because apollo's doing a bunch of stuff right now um aside from this anthology i'm launching my first comic right after that um teenage babylon and i'm you know i'm not going to give too much detail since it's like still underway but there's going to be a story in it in the anthology just a quick short story just to lead you into stuff and then we're going to have a ash can come out and then issue one shortly after that that will be kickstarting all of that so we'll have continuous announcements and the way this anthology's turned out maybe we might have more than one volume so apollo's gonna be busy as hell next year i'm just really stoked that the people that i love 
are hanging out and making breaking podcasts on their own and now together. Really cool night. Really excited to keep doing comic book shit with all you guys. Hell yeah, dude. That's a cool thing. Podcast somehow all laced us together. I would have never expected this out of Apollo. So it's really cool hanging out with you guys. Check out every Thursday night. We do a live drink and draw. We don't drink. We just kind of draw. Sometimes I microdose. And uh, I'm learning how to draw. I don't know how to draw. So I thought by doing it live and as a segment and required to do it once a week, I will learn and it's kind of coming along pretty nice. So that's why I'm doing that Inktober shit. So keep up with all that on the gram and the YouTube. Exciting stuff. Sounds awesome. Well, that's the I Don't Know Shit About Comics podcast. Thanks so much for coming on with us tonight, guys. And for all of you out there listening, we hope you had just as much fun as we did. And hey, I still don't know shit about comics. Comics.